Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I am your co-host, Christopher Mookie Donna Harrington, joined from the state of New York. He waves a flag, and he is part of the Patron Saints Alliance himself, Mr. Brandon Howard Thurston the First. How are you today, Brandon? I'm great. It's, it's an alliance, isn't it? It's a, uh, it is uh, a beautiful what, what do you call your faction? The Patron Saints of Professional Wrestling. Yeah, but what is it? Is it a group? Is it a? Uh, is there voting powers? Is there equal? Is there a president? It, well, I'm the commissioner, and it is an athletic commission. In fact, <laughs> you are. So, do you sanction people when they they disobey? Absolutely, I, I, I sanction them severely. You you tell them, hey, that chair's for sitting, not for hitting. Sure, sure. Maybe I tell them that. Wow. Uh, Brandon, uh, since we've spoken last, have you wrestled, and were you successful? I don't think I've wrestled since since we've spoken last. Um, okay. I was at a show. ESW ran a show uh, down in the southern tier in Salamanca that I was at. I did not wrestle on it. Uh, there, there were some uh, arguments about whether or not we were actually on New York land or whether we were on a an Indian reservation and whether we actually needed to comply with the athletic commission. I did not hear what the... Uh, the final conclusion was to to those uh, issues, but uh, no, we we had a, wow. a nice show down there in Salamanca, and uh, did I, you have I, any students on the show? Oh, many, many students. Yes, uh, yeah, and they, they they all did well. It was a really good show, um, and I've I've been I've up I'm up at like nine o'clock this morning. I was up. I went for a walk already. I think I was up earlier than you again. My uh, my sleep schedule is becoming more and more healthy. I don't know what's going on here. I uh, overslept yesterday. I slept mm. till almost uh, 7.50, and which means when I woke up, Ring Warriors was over. Wow. Yeah. You so overslept to Ring 7:50. Warriors. Though I did see my footage from Ring Warriors was used in the l- latest Botchamania. Oh, was it? I was not credited. The guy who retweeted me to Matthew was credited, mm. which uh, I think is a little lame, mm. but... What are you going to do? But it's kind of funny because it literally it was shot from my couch. So you can see these two like you can see my television set and these two like large vases next to it. So there's no question that it's not the footage that it, it that is definitely my footage of it because mm-hmm. anyone else in the world would have, you know, filmed it in a normal way. Yeah. So there's footage fr- from your home in Botchamania. Yes. How about that? Yes. Yeah. I was pretty amused by that. Um Besides that, we'll talk on the premium show. I'll go a little bit deeper on uh, what's been happening this week, but it's been a uh, a very very busy week for for my family. Uh, we've we've talked to reporters from all over the United States, from CNN to uh, Wall Street Journal to uh, Washington Post to local media yeah. to military papers and whatnot. Okay. So it's been very busy with a, a, a OIG report that came out that involved my brother in law's death. Yeah, I, so, I read most of that. The the report itself. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was mentioned in congressional testimony on a, uh, a House committee hearing that was happening at the same time as the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So it's it's almost every day here we have uh, another interview that our family does with some other news outlet. So it's been uh, interesting for that, for sure. Uh, on the premium show, though, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. We're going to talk about uh, the the BTIG conference that they did with WWE. We have a, a exclusive report on uh, what was said there. Uh, we'll talk about this MLW investors from your home area, the patron saints themselves, uh, missing out on all that money going down to Florida. Sounds like a tax haven to me. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Mr. George Berrios and his uh, interest in possibly getting rid of like. 
17 million dollars mm-hmm. of uh wwe shares we'll talk a little bit about some lawsuits going on including uh of course the cte lawsuit ending officially uh the cm punk case and uh we might even touch a little bit on the the visa violations that have been happening here in the the uh united states of america but this show this week you and i brandon mm. howard thurston we're going to talk about viewership mm-hmm it's content time why are we talking about viewership right now remind me uh because q3 just ended in fact today as as we record this is it's september 30th which is the final day of the third quarter of the year and w now uses the calendar year for its for its fiscal year uh and has since uh since 2006 right so well 2007 is when they started excuse me 2007 i can't forget that transition transition year in 2006 yes so but they 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 restated their numbers in 2007 to include a, a calendar year 2006. So we we often use 2006 as our our basis because we actually have a good calendar year on that one. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other document that I found one time where it goes back to like 2002 or 2001 where they actually went back in the calendar year for that. But you're right. For years and years, WWE basically ended their fiscal year in April and yeah. began it in May. Yeah. So Q3 is over with, and uh, I think the Q3 report will be coming out, I'm guessing, around October 25th, because that's a Thursday. That's like four weeks right after. before Halloween, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get some information from them there. Th- they will post a slide in their KPI document that will show uh, how viewership is doing. They'll, they'll publish a TV rating number. They'll publish two different TV ratings numbers that we don't need to get into and explain here. But we're going to go through viewership. They won't be reporting viewership, but uh, it's correlates well i believe uh and and the the idea here was that every time we get close to q3 the numbers come out they they brag about the numbers and nobody has any context nobody knows are these good numbers or bad numbers Mm -hmm. and they always ask us okay is that a good number and sometimes we we have a number in our head but we haven't made it so public what we think is going to happen and so we figured this time we were trying to prepare a little bit by looking at the metrics that we could possibly classify ourselves ahead of time and then discuss kind of here's what we'd expect. And if it's higher than this, it's better. If it's lower than this, it's worse. And so one of the easiest ones for us to look at is viewership, because viewership is a great metric to, to consider the momentum of the company mm-hmm. in terms of are they able to reach people that are going to want to spend money on them and television viewership, something they're getting paid more and more and more for something that's pretty much the driving their, uh, their rocket ship of stock price seems like a great place to start. Yeah. And, uh, so showbiz daily publishes viewership and various other ratings and demographics, uh, every day for, everything that's uh, aired on TV, both cable and, and broadcast TV. This is going to be a lot of numbers, isn't it? Well, it, I've only extracted the, the WWE stuff. Yeah, but it's a lot of numbers. How, what, would there be an easier way for me to follow along if I was just listening to this right now? You could go to the dock. Oh, so if you became a premium subscriber at com for $5 a month, you'd be able to look at all these numbers in the document that we release to our premium subscribers every month? Exactly. And I even uh, posted a, I made a post for subscribers too. With, with the, Oh, so on the, the Patreon page, there's a, a, a premium exclusive WrestleNomics analysis about this viewership. Yeah, I made a post. It's basically the notes that we're going to read through here with uh, some tables for both Raw and SmackDown uh, over the last few years, including... You know, the most recently ended quarter. 
So, so yes, if this is something that interests you, we highly recommend you sign up. Getting the notes makes this much easier to follow. But we're going to speak through it anyways. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Speaking of TV viewership, I was just watching Ted Turner on, I think it was Good Morning America this morning. Did you catch that? I didn't, but I, I, I saw that you were watching it, and I saw that he had been um, diagnosed with, a, what is it called, Lewy body dementia or something? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's him and Ted Koppel, like, hanging out on his ranch, going fishing and, you know, visiting the buffalo, the bison and stuff. Uh, the yeah. Tatanka? No, I don't think Tatanka was there. I don't think I don't think Chris Chavez was there. Tatanka's the word for buffalo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he uh, he goes he he analyzes uh, the the finger poke of doom, and of, and of course he gets into you know his his ongoing lifelong rivalry with uh, Vince Vincent Kenny McMahon. But uh, I don't think that's what happened. No, I didn't know. Ted Turner doesn't spend any time thinking about wrestling or Vince McMahon. It, it's only the uh, other way around. Ah, uh, all right. But uh, yes, a TV Maven, TV Giant, uh, that that is somewhat in the game, but um. It definitely has changed uh, a lot, and and sounds like he's in very ill health. He's uh, he's diminished. I mean, like Ted Koppel, I think used that word uh, in the in the voiceover. But uh, I mean, he's conversational. He's you know he recited a a, a poem from from something uh, Horatio at the bridge or something like that. I mean, he, he can't remember stuff sometimes, but you know he has conversations. Hmm. hmm. Uh, let's get back to WWE viewership. Anyway. So uh, Showbiz Daily posts the the data every day. They do. So, uh, let's see here. So, for both Raw and SmackDown, uh, what, what would we expect the numbers to be for Q3? And, and my answer And these that, are all going to be rating share numbers, right? These are going to be viewership. No, these are going to be viewership numbers, right? Yeah, this is just Raw. Yeah, in, in 20, 2018, we've kind of gone away from the whole, like, oh, they did a 3.1, it's down to a 2.9. Now we're in the era where we just say the number of viewers. Yeah, and again, when WWE publishes their KPIs, they're going to use a rating, which will be one point something or something like that. Uh, but yeah. we're going to talk about, um, I, I, I want to try to avoid the use the word raw, but the not the program raw, but raw viewers, just straight up viewers over the age of two is, is the metric that we're only going to deal with here. We're not going to worry about any other demographics right now. Um, so if, if I, the, the question that I'm trying to think of is, if we were at the beginning of this quarter, on July 1st, what would you predict based on, you know, the performance of the past, what would you predict that Q3 was, was going to do? And looking at the numbers for the last few quarters, my prediction would be, well, maybe it'll be up or down a few percent, you know, maybe up 3%, maybe down a couple percent, but not, not all that different from past performance, whether that's quarter over quarter or whether that's same quarter prior year. Um, so you're drawing that from the fact that Q3 of 2017 was up 2%, Q4 of 2017 was down 2%, Q1 of 2018 was up 3%, and Q2 of 2018 was down 1%. Those are all raw numbers. And so we saw a variance over the last four quarters of as high as plus 3 and as low as minus 2% year over year. Yeah. So your point was that we have we've seemed to have stabilized the wrestling rating for Raw at plus or minus three percent, and so you could even double that plus or minus six percent would be well within the range of what you'd expect. Coming on the heels, twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen, where we had four consecutive quarters, we actually had about seven consecutive quarters of double digit declines of twelve to seventeen percent. Yeah, it, so it was a big turnaround for the stabilization for Raw. It, correct? It, yeah, it really, it really looked like in Q three two thousand sixteen, 
the pattern was broken because up to that point there had been you know a few years there where we were seeing 10% and 15% declines uh, year over year and then I don't know something happened and we don't even really have a great answer for it but maybe uh, I don't know the attrition of uh, of viewership or of whatever is happening with traditional TV maybe, maybe something happened to finally plateau that Q3 2007 and then on the flip side Smackdown had had gone from being in double digit decline in the 2014 2015 range to actually accelerating all through the end of 2015 and then they kind of went into a a similar trend to raw in 2016 into 2017 where they were very flat for a period of time consecutively right yeah and from 2016 27 or 20 maybe uh i'm reading this a little bit off i feel like yeah this is the 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 white Plus minus in between is is the difference, but you know year over year, for the year over year. So yeah, yeah. so twenty twenty seventeen Q three was flat. Twenty seventeen Q four was up four percent. Q one it was down one percent. Q two was down four percent. So again, plus or minus four percent, very much in that range. Uh, prior to that, SmackDown had really been reinvigorated by going uh, to Tuesday nights on USA, right, and especially by going live and. Um, uh, getting the brand split back and having its own roster where you know things happen exclusively on SmackDown. It's not just a, it's kind of a, a rehashing of Raw or whatever, like it had exactly. been in, in so, 2015. So we, if we expected that we had created a new normal going into Q3, you would have expected somewhere between plus or minus four percent. Mm-hmm. What really happened during this quarter, based on the showbiz daily numbers we've seen? We got a minus ten percent for Raw and a minus nine percent for SmackDown. And that's big to me because that's a the that's faster than what I would say the attrition is on on cord cutting, mm-hmm. and b that feels like that doesn't seem like you have stabilization. It feels like you have actual attrition. And when I look at Q two to Q three viewership numbers last year, if I'm reading this right, it says that there was two point nine seven eight million viewers for Q two of twenty seventeen, and three point oh seven seven million for Q three. Meaning WWE actually went up from uh, quarter to quarter last year. Right. But this year, what happened on Raw as compared to Q2? What was Q2 of 2018 and what was Q3? Q2 of 2018 was 2.962 million, and now they're down to 2.76 million. Which is in itself one of the largest quarter over quarter drops in quite some time for WWE, uh, not even quarter over quarter, quarter by quarter drop. So they lost almost 200,000 viewers per, per uh, show per month. Yeah, and you're, uh, you understand what these, these percentages are looking at, right? This is, I'm looking at the, the quarter of the same year Yeah, prior. yes, but I'm also just trying to think. It's interesting that last year the trend was we actually had more people watching in Q3 than we did on Q2, whereas this year we were definitely lower. Right. Than we we ever have been. I mean, two point seven six six million viewers is lower than all the numbers on this page here for Raw, and in fact, you know, SmackDown used to get two point six million viewers years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know, Smack Raw now is approaching where SmackDown was years ago when it was on Sci-Fi. Right, and we should mention why, why am I looking at this by quarters? Why does it matter? Because Q one is is usually a stronger quarter for for WWE than, say, Q3 or Q4, at least when we're talking about viewership. 
uh, Q3 includes September, which is going against the NFL Monday Night Football, at least in Raw's case. And uh, so is Q4. So it, so if you want to say, well, it may not be fair to look at, uh, you know, Q2 and Q3 because, you know, they, you know Q3's got more problems because it's in September it's going against the first few weeks of NFL football. So I'm looking at Q3 of this year compared to Q3 of last year, and it's down 10%. Yeah, and and the fact that SmackDown's down nine percent, it's down to two point three million viewers. It's very similar to the Q two number, which was also at two point three million viewers. Is two two three eight one for Q two and two three one nine for Q three. Um, compared to a year ago, though, where it actually accelerated from two four seven up to two five four. So it, it's intriguing because for a little while here, we actually saw a trend where Q three was stronger or as strong as as Q two was. And that's definitely turned around again. So if I was WWE, this would be a concerning trend to me because it shows that my my drops, I've now had two consecutive negative quarters for ratings, Q2 and Q3, and I'm not seeing any kind of um, uh, stabilization. And last time I saw numbers like this, it lasted a full year. Yeah. Uh, probably longer than that. So I'm only going, so Showbiz Daily only goes back to the last quarter of 2014. So and I don't have uh, more data going back further than that on hand at the moment, but uh, but but I mean just just the fact that I if I I should know that if I saw two quarters of this, it's very likely I'll see four quarters of this is what it would feel like to me. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what about um, other programming? Is there any other wrestling programming we can compare this to? Well, Impact Impact is down pretty strongly as well. Uh, Impact had a a good Q one, an okay Q two. And a pretty bad Q3. That's comparing those uh, quarters to the quarters of the prior year. They were up 8% on Q1 from the last year. They were up 1% on Q2 from the last year. And then another down 16%. And if uh, I'm someone who doesn't really know on, that much about Q3. where Impact's airing these days on Pop TV, uh, what, what kind of numbers are we talking about? 3 million, 5 million, 8 million viewers? Uh, about 200, 300,000. Oh, okay. So we're talking maybe 244,000 viewers yeah, for Q3. We're this talking year, about, about compared a tenth, to 290,000 the year before. Yeah, we're talking about a, about a tenth of the uh, Raw or SmackDown audience. Gotcha. And uh, what about monthly? Sometimes, you know, when you look at a quarter, it can be a little deceptive. Like we've talked about, uh, January was artificially high for Raw because they had that uh, 25th anniversary celebration. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that would boost the number a little bit for Q1. So what about if I go month by month here and I just talk about the last three months of of, uh, Q3, which would be July, August, and September of 2018? How do they compare? Maybe maybe this is just a one-month trend. So July was down 10%. So we're talking about raw. July was down 10%. August was down 12%. And September was down 8%. And could I have inferred that maybe things had turned around uh, if I look back even into Q2? In Q2, well, yeah. It was down 2% in May. Or wait, we want to start with April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So April is up 1%, but May was down 2%. June was down 7%. So I guess what I was trying to get at is that Q2 might, to some people, seem like it was a good number. But in reality, Q2 had a really high April, and then May and June had already begun to fall off quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it 
April kind of overshadowed the what would has been happening. So I think for some analysts, they might look at this and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe Q3 dropped. But really, the story is that it's been down for five consecutive months. Not three, five consecutive months. Mm-hmm. So this trend started in May and has not resolved itself. Right, and I'm just looking at the KPIs. This is what WD itself publishes for Q2. And, and they reported... Uh, they reported more stable numbers than, than I've got here from the viewership because they're, they're using a different metric, right? They've got raw was up 1% from the same quarter of the prior year, and they got SmackDown at 0% difference from the same quarter of the prior year. That's that's Q2 comparisons. And my um, our calculations here from Showbiz Daily was negative 1% for raw and negative 4% for SmackDown. So what if you look at the other number that they, they report, the one they don't give you the percentage on, but mm. they also put on there? So they're putting what, what are these? Uh, we're gonna have to go to the they last page. They give you two numbers. They give you like a viewership number year. and then like a they household give, number or they something give the, like that. The, the coverage rating and Thank the how and the national rating. Yeah. So they they give you only the top percentage here. The one saying oh, in raw went from a two uh, two three zero last year to a two three three. But then there's a second number on there which they don't show you the percentage on, and it shows that raw went from a one seven eight to a one seven seven. Yeah, and SmackDown went from a one four eight to a one four five, and I'd argue that number is probably going to be a lot closer to the number you and I are looking at right now, the national rating. Yeah, it looks like it. Yep. So, so they 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 do show the decline, but they hide it by only showing the coverage rating, not the national rating. And the difference between the coverage and the national is the coverage rating is an average of the U.S. viewing audience for each minute of a selected. De- day part or program aired on the U.S. television network expressed as a percentage of the estimated U.S. television households within the network's coverage area. Got that? Yeah. And the national rating is expressed as a percentage of total U.S. television households. Yeah, so basically one of them is saying that it's out of how many people get USA Network, which is about 91 million U.S. households. The other is out of how many televisions are there. And it's Mm -hmm. saying it's out of maybe about 120 million. Mm Mm-hmm televisions so it's also reflecting the fact that and that's if you think about it that's gonna be a lot closer to your viewership number right because your viewership number the one that you and i are talking about Mm -hmm. is looking at how many people can watch this pro i'm sorry how many people have a television Mm -hmm. not how many people can access usa network but just how many people have a television Mm -hmm. and in this argument they're showing that oh well the number of people with tvs went up by about 2 million went up from 118 to 120 households Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say people, households with TVs went up from 118 to 120. And what we're saying is that there was about four or how many million people? There was about Uh, 2.7 million people watching Raw on an average night in Q3 and 2.3 million watching SmackDown. Uh, And again, this is people versus households. So there's also going to be a little bit of a difference there because there's a certain number of people that watch uh, in each household. Yeah, so let me think about this. The, the coverage rating would be more favorable to them because it's only counting it's only counting you as the denominator if you have access to to the USA Network, and the national rating is just is counting you if you have a TV. So yes, so so but you could also argue that you know the reason that someone has USA Network or doesn't have USA Network is partially because whether they care to watch this programming. Mm-hmm. So 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 this is uh there's the the coverage rating. Let's see. The national rating would would be affected by cord cutting or by cord shaving or whatever phenomenon you want to look at. No, 
the national rating would stay the same because national is just the number of television households. The coverage right. rating would be affected by cord shaving. Mm, no, the coverage is people that can get USA Network or cannot. Right, and so if if I don't have if I don't get USA Network, I'm no longer in that equation. Okay, I guess I can see what you're. Oh, yes, yes. From that standpoint, yes, that's true. I was thinking of it on the other way around, which is the less people that are left with cable, the higher your coverage rating gets. You're going the other way. You're saying the less people that can get the challenge, the station, the lower your national rating becomes. And so, that, and yes, that's the why. answer is both of them are impacted. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is this this percentage that they put in the KPIs, which is more favorable. They're, they're, they're looking at the coverage rating because the coverage rating is more favorable to them because it, it, it shows less attrition of their of their viewership. Because it's, it does, um, but it's always also going to be a factor of how many people actually can receive um, USA Network and a percentage of how many of them are watching their programming. Mm-hmm. And so because there's so many variables there, I, I think there's a lot of different scenarios of when it can go up or down is what my point would be. But the point here is, I think what you're looking at is a much more stable number, which is in both time periods, there was up to 91 million people that could watch USA Network. We know that from this this piece here. It says that here, that both in Q2 of 2018 and Q2 of 2017, approximately 91 million U.S. households could receive uh, uh, the network coverage area, meaning USA Network or SmackDown. Hmm. Well, I or think SmackDown I, on USA Network. Well, I think and here, we see that less people are watching year over year. I mean, we could look into that. I think gradually over time that that number is diminishing. Um, well, but the point is, there. yeah, you can look into it, but the point is they're, they're clear. 91 million people could watch it either period. Mm-hmm. And the number of people watching dropped last time from 2.978 to 2.962. Mm-hmm. And unless there's been a huge attrition in Q3, mm-hmm. it dropped from 3 million to 2.7. And so I'd, I'd call that 10% drop a true drop. That's not a cord-cutting drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so what, what can I learn from this? What is this telling me? Uh, what about SmackDown? What is their numbers by month? Let's see here. For the last three months, starting... Let's just do all of 2018. In January, they, they were down 1%. February, down 3%. March, up 1%. April down 2%, May down 1%, June down 9%, July down 9%, August down 11%, September down 6%. So that feels like to me that the inflection month was June. That June of 2018 is when a lot of people really began to to want to watch less and less WWE programming. Yeah, so same thing in, in uh, for Raw too. It's it's a few yeah. percent until June, and then it's down seven percent, and then 10, so and then twelve. That raises one question: Does that mean that the call ups after WrestleMania were not the right people? Mm, but the call ups were there in May. Yeah, but my point is that that people did not get excited and say, "Hey, I, I got mm. I want to stay and watch this pursuit of all these new talent." The Iconics is what I've been waiting for. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Could also suggest that maybe the WrestleMania booking. And the GRR and things like that didn't, in fact, engage more people. Could be. I mean, it could be the cooling off of uh, people like Braun Strowman or maybe just uh, 
loss of patience with Roman Reigns. I don't know. Yeah. So I, it's it's an intriguing thing for me to look at. It's just to think about maybe this suggests to me that, you know, you're starting to get into a funk with wrestling and all these little things that you're doing that may be affecting your business. Because we know house show numbers, which we're going to look at in a, uh, a later episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, we know they, they have not been breaking records either. They're they're casually going down as well. Yeah. Uh, in Q2, just since I have the number right in front of me, in Q2, a North American live attendance dropped from 5,500 without WrestleMania last year to 5,000 without WrestleMania this year, and internationally dropped from 6,300 to 5,700. So we saw big drops in international and domestic house shows last year. Mm-hmm. Or last quarter. And that's a trend that's been going on for a little while. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, is this a sign that maybe WWE, it ironically has reached a, a I want to call it stagnation, but kind of a, um, a, an intense deceleration to the point of negative growth. And yet, because they have such uh, guaranteed television rights, you know, it's not something that's going to cause them to necessarily panic, nor mm-hmm. should it. Mm-hmm. But it is an intriguing um, uh, standpoint because you could argue there are probably some warning signs here. Uh, w- the last piece is television is is very um, uh, uh, fragmented, right? That that people exist in all sorts of of different places they can watch. How does Raw rank? on television, even as it begins to drop by eight, nine, 10%. Yeah. I, th- I think it's important to, to think about, even as these numbers don't look good, it's not as if raw is, is, is plummeting below other programming. They're still ranking well on, on their night, uh, both Raw. So they're number one Smackdown every night. They're not number one every night. Oh, uh, but okay. they're, so, so how are they doing on the 8 PM, the 9 PM and the 10 PM hours? Uh, 8 PM and, and 9 PM are either, ranked number you know, three or four uh and then the 10 hour the the 10 p.m hour is ranked either number four or five on average again that's that's on average and that's that's been the case uh with some exceptions for the last several years um which which is to say the third hour is actually oftentimes the 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 lowest viewership hour right yeah on average now and that's something that has was a big change for for wwe is it used to be it would build towards the end of the show and you'd have kind of the prime things and we still see usually the top talent appearing at the end of the show as well but for whatever reason it seems that less and less people want to stick around to the third hour Mm -hmm. and even as these these numbers are they're ranked number three number four it's important right to remember that these in in the case of raw each hour is broken down individually which is not the case with smackdown for whatever reason so it's sort of like when you when we look at these rankings these hours are competing with with themselves so each each given hour is competing with two other hours of the same program so a number three number four is it's kind of like well it's closer to number two or number one i think so so for raw they're very consistently in number four, number five, a couple years ago, now number three or number four. Mm. It's no longer the number one show on television, but it is a considerable driver of a Monday night programming and is valuable to USA Network specifically, but to anyone who really wants to have a powerhouse television show is still being able to draw um, somewhere in the range of, of more than two and a half million viewers at a time is worth a lot of money. 
Yeah. And then, what about SmackDown? Where does SmackDown have? Have we seen an improvement in SmackDown since they've gone to the live format and the brand split format? Yes. Uh, and, and, and by the way, this is all cable, so it's not including broadcast programs on the same night. But on, on Tuesday nights with SmackDown, they're now ranked on average number two throughout the, for all three quarters of the year so far. And that's an improvement from where they were in 2015, where they were ranked, you know, number three, maybe number five in the first half of 2016 before the brand split, number four uh, in both Q1 and Q2 for 2016. And then all of a sudden in Q3 after the brand split, they're ranked number two, then number five in Q4 2016. And then in 2017, number two, number two, number one, number three, and then number two for each quarter uh, in 2018 on average. Now with these numbers, it feels like a no-brainer to me that SmackDown is going to blow Raw out of the park when they move to Fox. Uh, what do you mean? In viewership? Yes. Mm, I don't know. I have, I have no idea how to gauge like how, mu- how much of a viewership bump SmackDown is going to get because it's going to be on Fox instead of USA Network. I think it's got to be big. I mean, you could actually you, you can kind of calculate it by saying, well, the difference between the coverage and the network rating, mm-hmm. that's kind of your difference there is there's about 30 million homes. 30 million extra homes, right? 30 million extra homes that can get the show. Okay. So imagine of 30 million people, you're going to get that percentage of people that you're getting already. You know, whether that's, it's, it's you know, 178 or something. So, or 23. So, you know, imagine 2.3% of 30 million or something like that. So what does that come out to? Doing the math now. Yeah. Um... You know, that's 690,000, so maybe 700,000 more people. But I have to believe it's a lot more than just putting more televisions there. I think the exposure is going to be a lot higher. But it is true that if September, SmackDown had, instead of 2.4 million viewers, 3.1, they would be higher than Raw. Yeah, that would put them over 3 million. Put, put yeah, SmackDown over put 3 over million. million. And, and my point is that Fox is not spending this much money and this much advertising and this much everything to pull in 2.4 million viewers. They want more than that. Now, I, I haven't checked what the move to Friday is going to do to them. That's the only kind of X factor in this, mm-hmm. is that these are Monday, Tuesday numbers we're talking. Sometimes Friday numbers, sometimes Thursday numbers. Mm-hmm. But even years ago, when it, SmackDown was on a different night, it was pulling 2.6 million viewers in September of 2014. So I, I got to believe that, that, you know, Fox is looking for a number well over two and a half, probably well over three million for uh, Fox with SmackDown with, you know, top tier talent. Yeah, well, I'm sure October 2019 will be strong and they'll load it up and it'll be a big deal. And we'll see yeah. how, uh, the, how the rest of that year and, and 2020 go. Yeah, but again, this is the sort of thing where if I were to say to you, hey, I've got a brand, um, my last eight quarters here or yeah my last uh, eight months uh my sales record you know it's, it's pretty impressive i've had negative two negative seven negative ten negative twelve negative eight i think my stock should be accelerating uh, uh astronomically you would look at me like i was a crazy man mm-hmm. and so i feel like this is one of those things where people are always like you're so negative on on wwe you're so you're so critical of the stock and on the flip side, I'm just like, I'm looking at fundamentals here. I'm looking at the metrics. And to me, it suggests that something is not resonating with people. The same number of people can get your show as a year ago, and yet you're down 10%. I think the, that's, the, that's concerning to me. The response to that or the defense to that, I think, would be, but look at the ranking. The rankings stay strong. The rankings stay strong-ish. 
you know, they they three slipping to four, four slipping to five on Raw. It's 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 a little bit. It's not going up for Smack, sure. SmackDown's doing as well as ever. Uh, there's there's a three in here early in the year. There are yeah, four or five. Yeah, yeah. So you could be right. It 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 could be just one thing. But I'm just saying, if I was at work, mm-hmm. that would be the one. That would be an example of a leading indicator that people would start nudging me and saying, "Hey, this concerns me. Can you talk about this?" And if I just try to wave my hand and say, well, let's look at AVOD Global Hours Viewed or AVOD Global Views or social media followers, someone else might say, that's great. Let's get back to the question I asked you. <laughs> and the fact is, to me, it's a bundle. You, you can't take one of these metrics and say the sky is falling because of that one metric. Mm-hmm. And we know that the revenue side of things is not going to necessarily be heavily impacted by these numbers. But we do know the perception and the acceleration and the brand standing will be, mm-hmm. and the fan acquisition. Uh, what, I, what I would want to ask somebody who knows more about the uh, the TV industry than I do is like, well, th- how, how important is the ranking compared to the viewership? I mean, like you hear Barrios talk about the, you know, aggregates of eyeballs and things like that. I mean, are, are the things that television people or advertisers value is it is it the peak audiences that they value, or, and, and how does that compare to how much they value just? outright viewership if viewership is declining is that as such a big deal to them or is that could they argue that that's not that big a deal as long as i have the biggest chunks of eyeballs that i can have if that makes sense no yeah i mean there's many different ways you can break it down and i think it would depend i i wouldn't even be surprised if it turns out that people treat it differently based on um what type of programming it is be if they if they're saying well it's first run sports this is what we we value mm. versus if they say this is episodic television this is what we value versus this is reality programming this is what we value where it, it could be very different for each one of those because they might feel that their ability you know like they care most in the NFL game they want to be able to reach the highest grading mm-hmm. whereas if it's a you know Game of Thrones or something they just want to say here's the audience we deliver every night. Mm-hmm. And if it's reality programming, maybe they just want to say, here's the number of people that we can consistently draw um, uh, uh, aggregated across all reruns. And that's why it proves that the show has value. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the spreadsheet for this somewhere, and it even has it broken out by male versus female, right? So it's Showbiz Daily provides demographics like, let's see here. M18 to 49. And by the like way, so, so this it's, it's changed a little bit over time, but in the recent year and a half here, it's been very consistent, correct? Yeah. So by the way, the rankings that we're talking about are, are the rankings for the P18 to 49 demographic. So that means just all people ages 18 to 49. That's uh, the TV rankings, not the viewership numbers, but the TV rankings right, you're speaking of. Right. The, the viewership is called P2 plus, which just means all people over the ages of two. Uh, yeah. And then Shoba's... Daily also gives us demographics in, let's see, because they've changed them somewhat over the years, so I have to scroll to the bottom of this set of data. So they also give uh, the, the female audience ages 18 to 49, the male audience ages 18 to 49, all people ages 18 to 34, slightly younger, uh, the female audience ages 12 to 34, the male audience ages 12 to 34, all people 25 to 54, and then all people over the age of 50. And if Brandon pauses the show, <laughs> I can do a quick calculation and tell you uh, one or two more facts about this. Okay, let's pause the show.
we're back. And Mookie has done some incredible Excel math, and he's come up with some very interesting data. What did you find, yeah. Mookie? So I took your spreadsheet, which is linked in the document, which you can become a subscriber at WrestleNomics.com and see. Um, and I just quickly looked at the quarterly averages of some of the demographic numbers you have here. So we have it broken out not only over P2, showing that, yes, 2.7 million people viewed raw compared to a year ago where it's 3.077 and that's a 10 percent drop but we can look at it at 18 to 49 we can in fact look at it 18 to 49 women 18 to 49 men people over the age of 50 and what we find is 18 to 49 year olds are very similar trended to what has happened in people over the age of two so the last three quarters um q123 for raw was plus three percent minus one percent minus ten percent for people two plus quarter over quarter for 18 to 49 year olds it's minus one percent minus three percent minus ten percent but then when you go into men versus women a very different dynamic emerges number one women are down a lot Mm -hmm. women are down six percent in q1 13 percent in q2 18 19 percent in q3 18.7 19 percent drop in q3 and you're looking so, at just raw or, or smackdown as well this is just raw just raw. i think if if your spreadsheet here we i believe not. it's just for raw yep. on the one spreadsheet i looked at yeah well so, so wherever the red one is yes uh, yeah so uh, you have raw and smackdown on different um tabs yes so i just looked at the raw data okay so, th- uh, so, so this, this is, is showing that women are down 19 percent in q3 after being th- down 13 percent in q2 so this is a real dilemma in my mind um, and in some ways, it kind of blows up the Ronda, R- Ronda Rousey female viewership narrative. Yeah, and, and this is different than, as I was saying to you while we were looking at this, because you're sharing your screen with me. I can see your Excel spreadsheet right now. Uh, this is different than, than, than the story that we, I think we hear Dave Meltzer say about every six months about how they're, they're chasing away the men. And uh, there's only, only the, the, the women are, are left or the women are, are decreasing as well, but not as fast as the men. But in fact, the women are, at least in these last couple of quarters, are decreasing faster than the men at least age yeah, 18 the, 49. the male it was up three percent in q1 it was up four percent in q2 and it was down five percent mm-hmm. in q3 mm-hmm. and because there's a lot more men than there are women watching almost at a two to one ratio um that means our our net is negative 10 percent. even though you're down almost you know negative 19 by women negative five by men gives you a, a net negative 10 but but we but stephanie mcmahon started a women's revolution and and we have ronda rousey now and when you look at people over 50, it was up 2% in Q1. It was flat, dead flat, 1.14 versus 1.14 in Q2. And it was down 7% in Q3. Is that, so this is, is alarming number? to is that, me because I'm losing number? women, I'm losing men, I'm losing people over the age of 50. Is that a negative number? I just can't. It, it looks like it's not a negative number to me. It sure is. It's 1.20 oh, okay, it is. It a is. quarter ago. It's 1.11 now. Out. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it is. That's bad news. So that that's really alarming if I'm WWE, because all my core demographics have gone down this quarter Mm -hmm. on Raw. Mm -hmm. Now, USA Network didn't pay the big money. Uh, Well, they did pay the big money, but they didn't pay the biggest money to get to buy another a brand. So, you know, maybe they can stabilize this. But this is alarming to me. Um, and maybe this speaks, you know, if you if you get really bold, you could say, hey, I heard the Evolution pay-per-view was having trouble selling a lot of tickets. Maybe this speaks to the fact that even with everything that's been done, we're down 19% in women viewership on Raw. And maybe that doesn't speak heavily to 
the women's viewership on Raw being a great driver for that. Maybe it, the SmackDown has a slightly different demo, uh, uh, gimmick, but uh, I, I just wanted to look at this for Raw because I knew it would tell me a little bit more since especially it's broken out by hour. I guess I could look at it by hour as well if I really wanted to do this mm-hmm. to see if there's any differences. You know, the first hour versus the second hour versus the third hour. But the first hour for women, that's down 20%. The second hour for women is down 20%. The third hour for women is down 16%. Doesn't seem like there's much of a difference of a trend there to me. So that is not good sign for, for WWE in my book for Q3. Um, and that that would probably be one of my talking points if I was uh, a really uh, skilled investor who was talking to WWE on their conference call. I'd say, hey, I looked at your numbers and I happen to notice you're down double digits with women yes. all year. Yeah. And that includes heavily much more during this women's revolution period on Raw. Can you tell me what's happening? Can you tell me why that is? Yeah. So, so that's, as you explained to me in Chicago, that is an analysis, right? Can, can we give any insight? Why is this happening? Uh, you, you could say it's because women care more about other mm. women wrestling fans ha- have to selectively choose what they want to invest their time in. Mm-hmm. And they'd rather watch the SmackDown or the Mae Young Classic or other things. Mm-hmm. Women are not watching Raw uh, on USA Network because they can watch it on some other way. Could be there's some other programming that's been added on Monday nights that disproportionately affects women fans being attracted away to watch. And, and as I've noted or here, the, one, your one presentation the, of women is not interesting to female wrestling fans. Yeah. And, and as I noted here, one of the weaknesses of the study is like I only collected WWE, Raw, and SmackDown data. I did not. Uh, it would have been much more time consuming to try to collect every uh, data for every other program that was on uh, Showbiz Daily's reports. So we don't we don't have on hand like what was the competition that WWE was up against. So I mean, obviously we know Monday Night Football is one of their pieces of competition, but I always feel like it's like certain kinds of reality programming is also the other really highly rated shows, right? Like Black Ink Crew and things like that. Is that, is that I what mean, your favorite? You, you've been looking at Showbiz Daily a lot more than I, so maybe you remember what the shows are that are beating. Yeah, but my eye, my eyes just they they focus right in on on WWE <laughs> stuff. I just ignore everything else. Uh, let's see uh, if we can maybe find it. America's Got Talent and things like that. The Voice. Uh, let's see here. Monday, Top 150. There we go. Um, Dancing with the Stars, The Good Doctor, Big Bang Theory. Oh, those are The Voice. Those are all network stuff. Uh, on cable, it's NFL, NFL, Sports Center, WWE, Love and Hip Hop, WWE, WWE, Ray J and Princess Labor, Monday Night, Real Housewives, Betty Call Sell. So, you know, some of that might be doing, um, when I look here at that, you know, the female demographic, uh, the female 18 to 49 does a 2.5 for uh, NFL versus WWE at a 0.69. Um, Love and Hip Hop, it does a 1.2, uh, much higher than the male demographic. So Love and Hip Hop is one that's definitely going to hurt them. The Ray J Show is going to hurt them. Real Housewives is going to hurt them. Um, and th- those would probably be the big three. Yeah, maybe next week we should do a, a podcast just on love and hip hop, and the real and, and Halloween baking. Okay, yeah, maybe we can, I guess we can include that. Which uh, actually I do watch Halloween oh, baking. Oh, do you? So, is, is it yeah. good? Is it worthy? Is it worthy of of uh, harming WWE's viewership? You know, they're they're you know they're not afraid of blood. 
Oh, really? uh, the way WWE is. Really? Yeah. What, which, I, I got to say that. What network is that on? The Food Network. <laughs> it's the Food Network. There's blood on the Food Network? <laughs> well, because it's Halloween, so it's all like fake blood. But the sponsors. <laughs> the sponsors. That's true. A lot of blue chip sponsors there on the Halloween. Not Mattel, I, I don't guess. know. Not, not yeah. Mattel. Okay. So uh, that's a little bit of extra insight that we can add about this. I think mm. that's a really interesting, you know, if, if I have to call into Wrestling Observer Live and pretend like I know what I'm talking about, that's one of those little tidbits I would throw in there to make myself sound pretty smart. Talk about how the, the female viewership is down 19% and it's been down all year long. Yeah. And that the male viewership is down 5%. And uh, the people over 50 viewership is down 7%. And that's a huge change from Q2. Because Q2 was positive for men and for people over 50. Yeah, I think you should call into the next uh, W Investor Conference call and ask that question. Uh, I think I have a better getting on Wrestling Observer Live than I do on getting on to Berrios and Michelle Wilson daily. Yeah. Okay. Quarterly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they're daily. You just just no one no one calls in the other days. They they're doing private chats with people like they do for BTIG sure and that do. we'll report on on the premium show. Okay. What about Mixed Match Challenge? What about uh, have you collected challenge? any numbers about them? Well, they're two weeks into the second season of Mixed Match Challenge. And, and we know uh, week one was down. One point one million versus one point nine million a year ago when they started the season. And of course, week twelve of last year, they peaked at four million, but this year they, they got all these new countries of the world. The, the show's twice as long. Mm. It's got to be killing it, right? Because Facebook renewed. So Facebook obviously knows this is a valuable show. So how many millions of people watched week two? So week two is four days old, and it's yep. only at a half a million views. now. Uh, it's at 50 million views? Half a million. You mean less than one million views? Less than one million, five hundred and twenty-two thousand views as of this morning when I took this screenshot. So that's. So you're uh, telling me mm-hmm. that this show that Facebook just renewed, this this streaming show, this future of television show, mm-hmm. is doing less viewers than half as many viewers as they did last week, and is doing basically. Impact does almost 50% as many viewers as people that watch Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, it, it, well, I would I would hesitate to compare Impact viewership to Facebook views. What's a view? I don't know. Is a view a five-second view here? And yeah. um, But it, even at that very generous definition of views, mm-hmm. 522 sounds abysmal to me. Yeah, yeah. This and the show is twice as long, so I would have thought they'd be able to get kind of the uh, the what I call the WrestleNomics bump, which is where you you record a show so long that Apple Podcast downs, downloads it twice, mm-hmm. so that you get a double credit for it. Is that is that how we attract all our advertisers? Yeah. Well, for a little while there, it kind of seemed like that might be the reason that we we did so well on Apple Podcasts is because they it took so long to listen to our show that it would, they'd have to restream it later on when they picked it up, and we'd get it counted as an extra listen, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I would have thought going to twice as long on the format, putting on your champions from last season, putting on some top tier talent, uh, promoting the hell out of it on Raw, you'd be doing a lot better than 522,000. Now, the only other thing I can say here is that week one happened in, what was it, January of this year? Yes. And week one of this season happened in September of this year. Yes. So there is an element here where you could say maybe there's some kind of indexing where you'd have to index it against kind of our our raw ratings mm-hmm. in a sense here because in January of this year for raw how many people did they have three point three six million viewers 
Yeah, this this difference is well above that proportion. And in September of this year, they had 2.659. So what is our January versus September number? I'm just going to do the quick calculation here. Um, just to say, if, if I just imagine it as a percentage of my viewers of Raw, I would have expected to see a decline of 20%. Mm-hmm. So if I had one point, let's see, what was that number? 1.9 million people last time. I would have expected to have 1.5 million. This time I had 1.1. And for week two, I would have gone from 1.7 and I would have expected to have at a 20% drop from 1.7. I would have expected to have 1.3. I have 500,000. And that's generous because remember season one was only available to the U S audience. And this is available to the U S audience and in several other countries. So we are down a lot. This is, I, I personally, if I was, was Facebook, I would say it's time for me to do my magic I did in week five last time where I magically doubled the viewership of, of Mixed Match Challenge. Yeah, because something happened Maybe, with, uh, upon week five where, yeah, it, get, it gets doubled or what, yeah. My guess is, is that they talked to Berrios and he said, no, no, no. I said eyeballs. So you can count each oh, eyeball separately. Okay. And so go ahead, count it as two, two eyeballs. Okay. And then they, they start Facebook because Facebook has all that image, you know, recognition. They're able to then figure out how many people have eye patches or are blind or Cyclops. And then they, they factor those out. Right. And they, I think that's like the weird thing about Facebook, right? Is they collect all their own metrics, right? There's no independent Nielsen that collects this. And Dave Meltzer was talking about how, you know, the one thing on, on the Facebook live show is that they show you how many people are viewing in with you at the time. Yes. And he said something. I don't know whether it's true or not. We talked about maybe tracking this for a little while. He was tracking this, that um, the peak number of viewers for the most recent week was like 30,000 people. Yeah. Watching live. Watching live. And so that's the other element of this is that you have 30,000 watching live and you get up to half a million. Mm-hmm. which suggests a lot of delayed viewership. Um, or, just, you know, that's or something just, like 5% of the people are watching live yeah, and the or, rest are or watching. Or if a, if a five know. second view counts as, as, a, as a view, I mean, it means people clicked on it or it auto played somewhere and, you know, that, that could count as a view. But it just speaks so heavily to the difference between raw and mix match challenge. Yeah. Raw is consumed still well over 80% live, mm-hmm. you know, probably still 90% live. Mm-hmm. Mixed Match Challenge is consumed 5% live. That's pretty big. And that's something that I I really want to get into when, you know, we hear all these streaming services are offering this programming in the future. I'll be fascinated to know what the time-shifting delay is for some of these shows. And then what's the time-shifting delay compared to things like a Game of Thrones or uh, uh, whatnot, where, where you know, there's there's the element where you want to watch it live, but maybe you're okay if you wait a little bit to watch it versus sporting, which is very, very, very live centric and wrestling, of course, straddling the two worlds. Yeah, I, like the I, May Young Classic, you don't necessarily feel like you've lost out if you choose to watch it today versus a couple months ago. What do you mean? If Just that like an NFL game has a very small desire for people to watch it well after it's ended yeah because, because there's nothing uh that's going to supersede me on classic until it until it airs 
Exactly. And then, but on the flip side, like a movie has a lot of, has very evergreen content to it. Yeah. I mean, as far as like people watching live and not watching live, if, if there's like 50,000 people watching it live, I, I don't think this means that like another 450,000 of them were, were watching, you know, half of it or even, or even close to half of it. I think, you know, a lot of these views probably are, are very, you know, short in length. And may, maybe at most there's another fifty thousand people watching. I don't know the majority of it. And it would also suggest to me that fifty minutes is way too long. Nobody wants to watch a fifty minute show on Facebook. Yeah, well, they're putting I, I think, what I think they're really miss, missing the mark here by making long, long form content on their streaming service versus you know twenty minute show made a little bit of sense to me. Fifty mm-hmm. minute show makes no sense to me. What do Barrios call that? Uh, lean forward and lean back that maybe this is leaning a little bit too far back this is leaning so far back you need a chiropractor yes um so uh, the last thing i did i did some mookinomics oh uh, i used i used some brandon math as Uh-oh. you would do it Uh-oh. which is i gathered a lot of data and then i'm going to make some really wild conjectures I never make wild conjectures on what you're talking about. <laughs> so what I did is I, I grabbed as many YouTube views as I could. So I grabbed a total of uh, 2,000, or let's see here. How I, many, I, I make data-driven, data-supported conclusions. Mm-hmm. That have been published on the WWE YouTube channel. Okay. I took, some of them had the length of time that they were on. Not all of them. They all had a title. You know, like there had been a video posted 42 minutes earlier called The Greatest Undertaker versus Triple H Showdowns, WWE Top 10, September 24th, 2018. Yeah. And at that point, it had 32,000 views. So I made a spreadsheet where then I, I went through this and I said basically, okay, let me look at all the videos that are more than a month old. So I did that because I, I don't think it's fair to judge a video in the first week it's up. You don't really know what the terminal number of views you're going to get on it are. Right. But I do think after a month, you have a pretty good view. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't dramatically change after a month. Right. So I, I figured if I go one month out, that means I still have a data set of 2,318 videos, which is a pretty good data set. Mm-hmm. And I have the number of views. It's a, an aggregate number of views that is in the... A lot of zero. Let's see here. Put a comma there. Put a comma there. Put a comma there. One point one billion views. I think it says. If I'm getting this right, on average, though, a video does five hundred and twelve thousand views. Mm-hmm. So pretty high. And of course, I don't have exact numbers because it will tell me five hundred sixteen k views. Or when it gets over a million, it just will say something like you know seventeen or one point three million views. So I don't have decimals, but I have a pretty good level of precision here. Then I went through and I just started coming up with keywords. I came up with 170 different keywords. Mm. These keywords could be anything from Renee Young to WWE Top 10 to 205 Live to Alexa Bliss to Royal Rumble to anything having to do with Saudi Arabia to Gold Dust to Game Night to Trish to NXT people. You know, I just uh, raw, the word raw, the word SmackDown, the word B2K. Find out. Yeah, just lots of things. Music. Um, and, and I was just kind of curious, like, what are the terms that, you know, get them going? Full and match. 
So it, it's good for that because then, yeah, you can look at you know certain things like you know the term WWE top ten mm-hmm. is very heavily used and has two point two million average views. Because I think they, they do a uh, top ten for each RAW, right? They do it a lot of time for that, yeah. Or like you can look at a phrase like you know, uh, uh, two hundred five live only averages one hundred and forty thousand views, and yet they have ninety one videos. Hmm. So you know, the phrase two hundred five live does not do nearly as well as the phrase uh, Braun Strowman, which does 1.1 million views. Mm-hmm. So I, you, you can look at it. But the problem with this is that not all... A, some of these are terms and some of these are people. And then B, different terms appear different number of times. So Hell in a Cell only appears about seven times in this data set. Mm-hmm. But it averages 2 million views. Ronda Rousey appears 66 times and she averages 2.06 million views nicholas the esteemed tag champion averages 1.8 million views but he only has five videos so nicholas is a draw he's a draw he's a draw sort of so what i wanted to do is i wanted to separate it into four categories one category was based on the number of videos you have i want to put all the people that have lots of video videos together and then put the people that have very few videos together so, like, Shane McMahon does terrific. You know, he averages almost a million views, but he only has five videos. So, he's going to go in the, the, the very few video category. Whereas, uh, you know, the, the normal candidates, Bob, Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, they're going to go in the lots of video category. Then, mm-hmm. I'm only going to look at videos that have more than a month of data on them. So, I'm going to exclude anything that's really recent. And I'm going to realize I'm dealing with only about six months of time. And so WWE YouTube strategy is very centric to what's happening in the company at the time. So if Hell in the Cell is coming up, they're going to post a lot of videos about Hell in the Cell. If someone is injured, they're not going to post a lot of videos about them. If someone is brand new or just did a turn, they may or may not be captured in this. So someone like The Undertaker is right in the middle. Because while we've seen lots of Undertaker stuff recently... He hasn't been very active since WrestleMania in that the time frame I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So you, you do have those challenges there about trying to decide. And so we, someone like John Cena, for instance, who's been very inactive, he, he ranks very poorly on the sheet uh, in terms of number of videos. Uh, John Cena is, I lied, John Cena still has 50 videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never mind. He has lots of videos, but, but he doesn't do great. I will say that. And I think that's partially because he's not on television all the time. So is if that I, I wanted do think, to... I do think that this is also a factor of whether or not you're on television and people care about you. Yeah. James Ellsworth A lot does, of his videos well right here. now is stuff like, oh, I'm in China, I'm doing this with Jackie Chan. Yeah, James Ellsworth does well here too, huh? He does do well. Big, and, big you know, uh, I always go back to the phrase that um, uh, Dave Lagana said on our show, mm-hmm. which was the date James Ellsworth NWA championship. Mm-hmm was like one of his highest ranked videos ever. Yeah. He's like, this guy's a draw. He disproportionately gets eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a value. You like, you can't necessarily produce people that do that. You just find them. So if I was in charge of WWE's YouTube department, I would look at this and say to myself, I want to make a video of Paul, the top 10 moments where Paul Heyman, uh, was, was in a, uh, an alternate, uh, top 10 alternate angles of Paul Heyman or something. Like yeah. that. He, Top 10 <laughs> Hell in the Cell moments there's, there's, for Paul Heyman. Yeah. He, he's calling out that one of the other phrases I found in here is called alternate angle mm-hmm. um, and music power. 
the music power of alternate angles of Paul Heyman. Okay. What would he do if he managed Shawn Michaels? Is that a video? No. Oh. <laughs> but um, so then what I did is not only did I look at average views, but the problem with average views is that you get some false positives. If you remember, we did this before. And one of the people who shot to the top when we did it before was Dana Brooke. And that was because Dana Brooke had wrestled Rhonda. Mm -hmm. All the Dana Brooke stuff had Rhonda all over it. And so it's a little bit deceptive when you say, hey, it's Dana Brooke that's making the difference here. Mm -hmm. So what I also tried to do is I did a 16 variable regression where I, where I took the terms and I basically ranked it by the number of videos that had people in it. And then I, um, I kept running the regression until I could get a really low p-value on um, the people that were in there, meaning that I, I could actually say something about, you know, whether these people were in fact um, pretty good at uh, where were, they had a, a coefficient that appeared to explain a lot of the variation based on which videos they were in. Put it that way. Mm. Then I reran a formula that would say, basically, if I use just my 16 variable regression, how many views would I guess you would get? And then I would say, um, what, how far off are you? What's the average difference between what number of views you actually have and the number of views my model would have predicted? And then I, I did some kind of uh, uh, brandonomics to try to make that number as low as possible. And that became kind of the coefficient of people. So it's not true math. It's not a, a statistically relevant, true way of looking at this. But who gets if to, who I was a scientist, what, I would throw this study out tomorrow. Who gets to decide what true math is? But I thought it was interesting because basically what it is, is I tried to come up with a model that would say, if all of these coefficients for people were true, this would produce a very low error rate for what the number of views that people actually would have. Mm -hmm. It would guess decently how they would do. Mm -hmm. It's not true, Beth, because honestly, there's infinite number of solutions that you can get to. Yeah. But I used a couple different ways of getting to it. So um, just to run it down, here are the people that in the most video group. This is, this is who's a draw. The highest coefficients. Who's a draw, right? To draw the most eyeballs when who's they a, have a who, YouTube video about them. Who's a draw? Who's a draw? And it would suggest the draws are Ronda Rousey, 2 million. Brock Lesnar, 1.1. Roman Reigns, 1.1. Braun Strowman, 1 million. Bro Bobby Lashley, 720,000. Kevin Owens, 711. Nia Jax, Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, uh, Asuka, John Cena, Nakamura, New Day, Samoa Joe, Elias, Daniel Bryan, Matt Hardy, AJ Styles, The Miz, Becky Lynch, Rusev, the Bella Twins, Maurice at the very bottom at 100,000. What do you notice about these names? Are these all raw people? The top six or so, uh, top, um, Carmella's probably the highest non-raw person hmm. at 584. But the top 10, Ronda, Brock, Roman, Braun, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Nia Jax, Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss... They've all been predominantly raw people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so because Dave what? Meltzer had a comment the other day where he was saying, oh, well, you know, the top guys in WWE, you got like, you know, Roman, you got Ronda, and you got AJ Styles. This does not substantiate AJ Styles as a top draw. 
Yeah, but Google search data does. Okay. So that's fine. I'm just saying this is another data point. Right. Yeah. Where I'd say, hmm, looks to me like Braun is a hell of a lot more important than AJ. Even suggests that Kevin Owens would be. But it also suggests to me that if I put AJ on Raw, maybe he would kill it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so what's and, happening here? A lot of W YouTube videos are highlights, clips of Raw and SmackDown, and there's just yeah, a lot more yeah. interest in Raw, and, and that kind of makes sense as we just talked about with the viewership. Raw is a more highly viewed program than SmackDown, and I honestly think it's the international component. I wouldn't be surprised if, in many markets internationally, SmackDown is just not aired as much, and so mm-hmm. Raw just means more. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the monster element is big. You know, Brock is a monster, Roman is a monster, Braun is a monster, Bobby is a monster, Rhonda as her own kind of monster. Mm-hmm. I think AJ's, you know, AJ is a stunning performer, but no one ever says, I'm intimidated by AJ Styles. Yeah. Last 12 months, Braun Strowman does edge out AJ Styles in Google searches. Yeah. Worldwide. So I would just I would just use this as an argument that I probably would should divide this list into Raw people and SmackDown people. Or include a Raw SmackDown as part of the regression. Yeah. Because I, I just don't feel like it's apples to apples. Uh, just because all the SmackDown people do so much worse than the Raw people. Or it suggests that the, uh, the, the, the team cares a lot about getting videos out by Monday night and Tuesday morning. And that by Wednesday, they're burned out. Well, and They just don't care. I mean, if SmackDown clips, I, I believe, are... are- up just as quickly as the raw clips are if, if that answers your your question yeah I, it's just weird to me it's just very odd to me that just how big this difference is now uh going over to the next group of people these are the people that have some videos these are the people that have like you know 10 to 20 videos mm-hmm. uh top person of all the greatest undisputed champion of all time the modern day maharaja Jinder Mahal, 1.1 million views. The Usos, 1.1 million views. So Jinder's a draw. Oh, yeah, 1 million views. Jinder's a draw. Jinder's so, a draw. That's what this tells me. Are all these Jinder views coming, a, from, are these coming from India? All, all these views are coming from India. Maybe. There was actually a video on WWE, I think I sent it to you, where Kavita Devi is specifically asked about the fact that she has that video that has, you know, however many millions of views for her. Did you, did you watch the Mae Young Classic? Or did you watch her match in the Mae Young Classic? I did not yet. They, uh, that, that's like, it's discussed. Like, I think it's in her interview and it's like Michael Cole's going on about it while she's, you know, doing her entrance. I, I want to say that you and I played a small role in making that story a bigger story. You think so? I'm pretty sure if you Google like Kavita Devi, like YouTube, like your story comes up. Um, after that, there's a little bit of a drop, and then you have Paige, Charlotte, Sasha, Sami Zayn, Ember Moon, Randy Orton, the Bludgeon Brothers, Undertaker. That's right. The Bludgeon Brothers, bigger draws than The Undertaker. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Bray Wyatt, Bailey, Titus, Riot Squad, uh, Lana, Dolph, Triple H. Triple H really low on this list. Kind of surprising because he usually does very well in these kind of studies. Uh, Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, Mustafa Ali, Cesaro, No Way Jose, uh, Almas, Cedric Alexander, Alistair Black, the B Team, uh, Champa, Undisputed Era, Sheamus, Jeff Jarrett, Gargano, Ricochet, Mojo Rawley at 100,000, EC3 at 84,000, and Drew Gulick at 72,000. If you, if you with a, Devi with a couple YouTube, exceptions, you get a bunch of the YouTube list makes sense. Kavita Devi. 
Does, does your article come up? No. You get a bunch of YouTube videos about Kavita Devi. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, with, a, with a couple exceptions, a lot of the names on this list really do make sense to me. And one thing it really highlights is just the obscurity of NXT. Is that the difference of being on WWE TV versus being on NXT is enormous. You can be the champion of NXT and you are still going to be lower rated than Baron Corbin or Bobby Roode or maybe even 205 Live guys. Mm -hmm. uh, go to the next group and uh, this is the people that only have some videos. This is more like the 8 to 15 range. You got Paul Heyman killing it 2.2. Dean Ambrose, who's just coming back, 2.2. Mickey James, 2.1. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, 2.1. James Ellsworth, 1.0. Naomi, 900,000. Goldberg, Kurt Angle, Kane, Mandy Rose, Big Cass, Chad Gable, Buddy Murphy, Sanity, Luke Gallows, The Authors of Pain, Selena Vegas, uh, Vega, uh, Carl Anderson, uh, Kurt Hawkins, Mark Henry, Tyler Breeze, Vince McMahon at 163,000. Super low for Vince. Just really speaking to the content that they're putting up with Vince right now must be just absolutely throwaway content. <laughs> uh, Leo Rush, uh, Kalisto. And again, this would be Leo Rush probably before he became uh, Bobby Lashley's manager. Yeah. Why, why are some of these uh, names in a uh, title case and some in, in all caps? Just because that's how I feel about them. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I have no. I have no memory of why I did it this way. Okay. Uh, Lacey Evans, Lars Sullivan, uh, Hideo Tommy, Zach Ryder, Shayna Baszler. You know, Baszler averaging one hundred twenty-four thousand uh, views, whereas Oscar uh, six hundred thirty-two thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Sane right next to her at one twenty-one. Tozawa one twenty-one. Pete Dunn one twenty-one. TJP ninety-seven. Adam Cole ninety-one. Lin Lince Dorado, Noam Dar, and Zach Gibson at the very bottom, 41,000. Do you even know who Zach Gibson is? I do. Yes. Okay. And then lastly, you have the very few very few video range, and you have The Shield, and Nicholas, and Shane McMahon, and Shawn Michaels, and Liv Morgan, and R-Truth, and The Ascension, yes. uh, Caitlin, Tyler Bate, Rey Mysterio, Dana Brooke, The Dudleys, uh, Great Khali, Renee Young, Dakota Kai, Roderick Strong, we're down to probably the 200,000 range. Sin Caras, Colin Delaney, Mike Kanellis, Bianca Belair, Chris Jericho at 150. Really low for Chris Jericho. Another person that really uh, shocks me, but not as shocking as the names coming up. Apollo Crews followed by The Rock. What? Ro Rock having six videos, average views 129,000. But he's, he's the biggest draw of all. I, I read this in The Observer every week, how, how much money he's drawing. Well, you know, he does not, on recent videos that have been posted to WWE, uh, he's not making a big difference. And then uh, Killian Dane, Grand Metalik, Trish Stratus, Ric Flair, Danny Birch, Oni Larkham, Tony Storm at 48,000, Goldust at 34,000, and the very last place finisher to show the power of YouTube, to show the power of podcasts. That's right. Mr. Bruce Pritchard at 18,000 views. Did, 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 you, did you search Brother Love? I, I did not, but I don't think there's any brother love videos in this. Again, this is just how many views did videos that were posted in the last six months that have more than a month of viewership get of the 2000 some I looked at? Not over all time, not, you know, uh, uh, earlier, but things that have been posted on the YouTube channel in the last six months. I'm just going to look up which videos, you know, the, the rock one is the one that just is shocking to me. And so let me just find which videos I have on here for, and then I even had a filter in for things like, is it in Spanish? Cause I knew that was a deal at one point. 
Yeah, they do some alter- alternate uh, languages that do low, lower viewers. Very low views, yes. Yeah. So the videos that involve The Rock include... Yeah, these all do terrible. Hmm. The Rock versus Kane and Christian one-on-two handicap WWE Championship match from SmackDown, 156,000 views. See The Rock in action before his official debut in a rare WWE hidden gem, WWE Network exclusive, 19,000 views. The Rock says he's teaching his daughter how to become a WWE superstar, 51,000 views. The Rock's mom takes an extreme rules prediction for Nia Jax. 43,000 views. So that one, I counted as The Rock, but I guess I could take that off. Hmm. But they're using his name, I feel like, to get people to watch. What about the Rock Dwayne talks Johnson? about getting back in a WWE ring. 637 views. 1,000 views. Not very good. A look at The Rock's transition from faction member to fan favorite, and how Razor Ramon and The Rock inspired Ashton Smith to pursue sports entertainment. So again, is that really a Rock video? No. But the other Rock videos aren't doing much better. Mm-hmm. So they're not posting a lot of rock content right now. That's for sure. But um, I, I was just kind of shocked where this has a few people on here that they do not finish where you think they would. But at the same time, it also speaks to WWE goes hot and cold on certain guys when they're not on television. And, and this, he's not in there as Dwayne Johnson anywhere, right? Let's see. Dwayne. Let's look for the word Dwayne. Don't see the word Dwayne anywhere. Mm. Considering they kind of own the uh, the the IP around the name The Rock, I think they try to use that as much as they can. Mm-hmm. But I, I could see maybe Dwayne Johnson helping. Yeah, the, uh, the... I, I don't see any Dwayne Johnson videos. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, a, a big study. If you are a uh, a Patreon subscriber, you can download the spreadsheet. You can look at it. I put up a little post about it on the Patreon site, and you can also get the Google Doc, and you can play with it yourself. So the power rankings there, in my mind, basically say it's good to be on Raw. If you're on Raw and you're Ronda, Brock, Roman, Braun, Bobby Lashley, you matter. Bobby Lashley continues to be, in my mind, the outlier on all this. He he came out very high when you went up last time. This is looking at what, what time period again? Uh, about the last, uh, approximately last six months. I mean, the the date some of these videos were published was as late as I'm just looking at the very bottom of this here late as five months ago mm-hmm. so around the time of wrestlemania to now let's put it that way but but, but nothing uh 30 days or younger nothing 30 days or younger so nothing and, in september and, probably and in fact some of the 30 days and younger stuff would suggest certain people are cooling off and certain people are getting hotter mm-hmm. dean ambrose gets a lot harder when you add it, hotter <laughs> Uh, when you add in the last 30 days. Uh, and and I think Bobby Lashley gets a lot, uh, lot less hot. Yeah, I was going to say his uh, debuts and returns are probably a factor here. Yeah. So that's why I want to give it I want to give it a little bit more time to keep looking at it before I would make a big judgment. But if I do this list, you know, every three months and the same people are at the top every time, that says something to me. Mm-hmm. If I see it, someone peak and then they fall, that says something to me. Jinder Mahal strangely performs on this list. Mm-hmm. I think he does disproportionately well compared to what I would have expected him to do. Yeah, and I would seriously think that's got a lot to do with people watching in India on YouTube. I think it's very possible. The Usos also do quite, quite well. And I think this is one where maybe it, it proves that the Usos maybe have a little bit more power than I sometimes give them credit for. Mm-hmm. 
Well, one of them uh, is the Iron Man. And then the other one is, is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman has always, every time I've done uh, wrestling uh, 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 ratings stories, Paul Heyman always does terrific. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because Paul Heyman usually associates himself with talent. You know, when he was with Curtis Axel, he still made those a- angles really top tier, but they, had, they also were wrestling against Triple H. Well, he's usually associated with Lesnar, who, who does very he well. He is, but I mean, he's worked with CM Punk. He's worked with Curtis Axel. He's worked with other people. And and he has done quite well with those people as well. But none of that um, data is included in here. This is just the last not, six months. Not in this case. This would be all uh, Brock Lesnar. I just meant in general. I've looked at this before. Hmm. The other person who does really, really, really well is Mickey James. Hmm. And and uh, she's someone that I, I just think, hmm, is she getting a Dana Brooke type push or is she actually really popular? You know, and so that'd be another one that I'd want to look at against. And then Paige retains her popularity so much more. I mean, there are kind of, there is the glamour aspect of things. Like there's one of them that's like, it's either Liv Morgan or Mandy Rose. There's like a bikini video. And surprisingly, it does quite well. So there are stuff like that, that, you know, is going to be a lot different by wrestler type Mm -hmm. for women versus men. Natalia does well. She does. Yeah. So there's two Mandy Rose bikini shoots. Um, One is, I'm just pulling it up here. Oh, no, it's not working right. Let me try it. Try it different. I heard Vince likes her. Yes. And, and, uh, one, one video does 232,000 views. The other does 751,000 views. And so, uh, that's not a huge number, but I just thought, you know, people are always talking about, Oh, I wish it was the attitude era where, you know, they had the pretty women, they'd be in the bikinis all the time. Thought, Oh, well they actually occasionally do do videos like that on YouTube is what I learned. Mm. Yeah. So that's that. I don't know if you can draw big, big conclusions from it, but like I said, if you do it 10 times and you, you see the same people on the top, that suggests to me there's something there. And if you see people peak and then disappear, that also suggests something. This also says to me, there's a hell of a lot of difference between the power of what they put in to promoting raw videos versus SmackDown videos. And maybe that's just the fact that by Tuesday, people really want to know what's happening with raw, but by Wednesday, they're just not trained to do that. Yeah. Or like you said, maybe just SmackDown is not as well distributed worldwide as Raw is. Indeed. Well, you've been listening to WrestleNomics Radio. Uh, I'm your co-host, Christopher Mukigana Harrington, joined by Mr. Brandon Howard Thurston, the patron saint of professional wrestling. Brandon, mm-hmm. will you be wrestling anywhere anytime soon? Uh, yes. Uh, I can't tell you where because uh, I don't I don't <laughs> remember right now. Oh, I'm going to be wrestling for Empire State Wrestling in North Tonawana, New York on October 6th against Ace Romero where I will try not to get pounced out of the ring. Uh, I'll be wrestling PWR. He's the guy who did the, the viral pounce video where the guy got just launched outside of the ring. Yes, and if I win, I will be qualified for the Ili DiPaolo Cup match, which is the following month. Wrestling in Erie for PWR for Processing Rampage on, on October 13th. And uh, that, that's all I know for sure at the moment that I can say publicly. Yeah, I uh, recorded a podcast yesterday uh, with uh, some guys who do a Royal Rumble-related podcast. So I talked about Royal Rumble 1993. Really? Uh, one of the most champion-heavy Royal Rumbles of all time. Have you ever seen it, Brandon? Maybe this is the one with where Brett and, and Lex Luger hit the floor at the same time, right? Absolutely not. Um, no, it's one where Yokozuna wins. 
It is, in fact, there where Yokozuna okay. wins. Okay. But uh, it is also the one where it starts with Flair versus Backlund, uh, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, kind of fame. Like, it's incredible when you think about it that you mm-hmm. have, like, the WWF champion versus the NWA World's champion mm-hmm. 10 years later, yeah. starting in a Royal Rumble. Yeah. The same Rumble has Jerry Lawler, who's just joined the WWF in December as a superstars commentator. So you have have the you know the King of Memphis coming in. Mm-hmm. You have Rick Martel. You have Kurt Hennig. So you have former AWA champions. You have Tenru in that Rumble. Yeah. Um, and you have, of course, uh, the youngster, as Gorilla Monsoon refers to him, Carlos Colon. Yeah. Forty-five-year-old Carlos Colon comes in, so multi-time champion there. Uh, and and you have you know people mixing it up who never would mix it up in their life i think this might be the only time lawler and tenru ever wrestle hmm. you know things like that where it's just kind of like weird combinations of people you never would expect the undertaker was a former wwf champion uh the former el gigante the the newly christened giant gonzalez comes in future new japan world uh star his match against nails legendary yeah do they have a uh, match? But yeah, it's it, it's. I, I at one point I was like one third of all the people in this match at one point held a major world championship. By the time they were in this rumble, yeah, and yet it's not that a great of a rumble at parts. And then Savage comes in at the end, also former world champion. Right, he's the last one left with Yokozuna. Spoiler. Yeah, make sure he gets that pin for whatever reason. He got a pin on him. He tries to pin him, yes, because Savage. I, I honestly wonder sometimes whether Savage understands how a Royal Rumble works. Yeah, because there's the one where he jumps off and he eliminates himself. There's the one in this case where he tries to go for a pin. I just feel like Savage would do whatever the hell he wanted to do, regardless of whether it made sense. Oh, it was just the macho madness flowing through his veins. It really was, Mister Madness himself. Mm-hmm. So, so did he but didn't Yokozuna not get knocked off his feet? Wasn't that the gimmick still at that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he everyone trying to knock him down. He, so how did so he, a young guy? So how did Savage pin him? Rikishi's in there, of course, mm-hmm. uh, as one half of the the Samoans. Fatu, head shrinkers, yeah. Samu and Fatu. Sorry, head shrinkers. Yeah. Yes. So there's a, and then it's also weird because you you have like the top talent, like I mentioned, but then you have Skinner, Max Moon, <laughs> Damian Demento. Mm. You got some pretty low card guys on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Ultimate Warrior is one month away from suing WWF. Uh, WWF is about to sue New York Post and Geraldo Rivera, and uh, they're coming off the steroid trial. And it's just a crazy time. A lot of transfer going on in, in WWF. At so, time. Warrior was in that rumble? No, he's not. Oh, okay. He's a month away from suing them, is what I was saying. Is that this is back when Warrior's back on the outs with them? Yeah, okay. So. Anyhow, and and Monday Night Raw had just debuted on on USA Network at this time. Right, right, yeah. So, anyway, so I I do a a, a appearance on that. That's not going up for a little while. Uh, so when it does go up, I'll be sure to plug it. But what's the name uh, of that podcast? I, pardon me. What's the name of that podcast? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could. I, I feel bad burying these guys because I'm not trying to. But I just don't know. They, they, the guy had actually done a Nintendo podcast with me once. Oh, and so he had invited me on to talk about my favorite Nintendo games, and so we talked about I think the last twenty Nintendo games that were ever released for the system, hmm. kind of going through them all and just talking about you know here's what makes each one of these games kind of interesting or terrible. Hmm. Um, and so then later he came back and he's like, I do a wrestling podcast. I was like, Well, you know, I do a lot with wrestling. He's like, Okay, whatever, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the guy has no idea who I am and what I do. So okay. it was it was rather entertaining. Well, well, we'll have to link it once we find out what podcast you in fact appeared on. Yeah. So it it was it, it's kind of fun to do a, a, an appearance like that because it's just like you're just going into someone else's format and they're not asking you questions like you're used to be asked. Instead, it's like, what did you think of so and so events in this match, and what did you think about this? Mm-hmm. And I'm out there talking about, well, you know, here's what their Oibda was at the time. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, stuff people want to hear about, of course. Thanks, everyone. Uh, if you're interested in the premium stuff where you get access to the spreadsheet that Brandon did on the ratings, if you get the access to the spreadsheet I did on uh, YouTube views, and you get access to all the notes, including the premium show, which, again, we're going to talk about uh, Cabana and Punk. We're going to talk about the CT lawsuit. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the BTIG conference with WWE. We're going to talk about MLW in Albany. We're going to talk about George Barrios. We're going to talk about lots of other stuff. It's going to be a great show. I highly recommend it. And uh, we just finished a bunch of great shows talking about the independent contractor employment law. I got papers all over my desk of law review articles and and, uh, analyst reports and all sorts of cool stuff. So it's always the best when you're part of the WrestleNomics universe. And uh, we're always interested in getting more people to support what we do and provide you the best top tier content. Talk to you later. Bye bye.